Thanks for downloading the RCF podcast. You're about to hear a message from our lead pastor, Felix Gilbert, in week seven of our current series, Impact. Go to Mark, Mark chapter um, nine, and let me just talk. And I just need you all to listen carefully to what I'm about to say. Then we're going to share some things with you. Mark chapter 9, and I'm going to read yeah, a couple of verses, and we'll just talk and let God have his way. If you're here this morning and you were not here last week, I want to encourage you to go to our podcast. You can get that on iTunes and listen to the message in its entirety. It'll help bring things up to speed, and then we're going to move from here, and then uh, today will make a little more sense to you. Uh, look with me at uh, verse, verse 21. This is the story of the healing um, of the boy that was possessed. Before I read this, Dayron, did I hear that we had a lot of people give their heart to God? Did I hear Pastor Derek correctly? Okay, let me, you, you give the report. What happened? Um, let's, yeah, come on up real quick. Just, just hurry up. I got to preach. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, hurry up. Come on. I mean, you big dude, run, man. Just, dude, run, man. Come on. Yeah, hurry up, man. I got to preach, man. Quit, try, quit trying to be cool. You need to work out more. That's what you need to do. Yeah, breaking the spirit. Come on, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I want to hear, I want to hear what happened because I think that's paramount, you know? Yeah, I want to hear. I want to hear. What happened? Glory be to God in yeah. all things. Yeah. For we're our only vessels for his name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, missions did nothing without the guidance of the Lord. Yeah. Um, we um, set up a place to meet at a particular park at a particular day, which was yesterday. Yeah. But another body of Christ already had that place reserved and set apart for themselves. Um, so showing that uh, man was intended, and I mean me and missions was intending to do something for the Lord in a particular place. But God said, nay. Mm. And it's okay for God to say, yeah, yeah. nay, to my plans. Because yeah, right. we do all things through Christ yeah. that strengthens us. Yeah. Eventually, God changed the place to a place that was about a couple of blocks down mm. to uh, bring people into an area that was unquestionable, yeah. and nobody could say no. Mm. In that journey, some people had already received a flyer from mission saying to go to this particular area, but God provided something for them. Those of God that were already sitting there that had the place reserved was able to feed those people because they were expecting food. So God positioned his people to take care of a certain set of people. Yeah, mm. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Amen. Amen. So God moved us down the street a couple of blocks away. While we get there, we're standing there and we're saying, Lord, yeah. where are the people? Yeah. They have not come. Mm. Eventually, it winds up, to make a long story short, 
about 40 people shows up that are in need. And they're uh, desiring food. Mm. They turn around and they get food, they get fed. Some people say, that's nice that you brought food. That's nice that you are going to feed us. Mm. But there are certain items that are still missing. I don't even have toilet paper mm. to mm. help. So God chose a particular set of people within our missions group yeah. to go out and just get toilet paper wow. for people. Wow. In return, it wound up, some people wind up, they say, I, don't, I have a job, but I can't even wash my clothes. Mm. Can you help us wash our clothes? Mm. In return, we say, we cannot help you wash your clothes, but God can. So God took him to the laundromat, gave him money so he can wash his clothes. All in all, 40 people came up, eight gave their lives to Christ that day. And on September 26th, God is going to clothe them that we already have a storage full of clothes for, given by other people through God. If you believe God can't do something for you, you better check your pocketbook. It may say zero, but he holds a cattle on a thousand hills for his name's sake. Touch his people and he will touch you. God bless you. Amen. It's good. It's good. Love you, man. Wow. Yeah. I, I'm glad to hear that. Um, Wednesday night, we had an uh, interesting discussion. We were talking about, thank you, it's just great. That, that's what it's all about, isn't it? Uh, I, I'm glad he said that because um, that's where it's at. It's in the community. Come on, are you with me? It's touching lives. It's impacting lives. So come on, show those team. Just come on, encourage them. Yeah, it's encouraging, yeah. Uh, I had a young person. Uh, yeah, there he is. He's here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, not to put you on the spot, but but um, we we were having a conversation uh, Wednesday about demons and possession and praying and encountering demons. And um, Ruben called me. Don't get mad at me, brother. I mean, we we, we gonna be cool, right? Because people hate when I call their name up front. They say, "Pastor preaching about me." I ain't got time to think about you. Yeah. <laughs> But Ruben called, uh, well, I was saying that I'm with Ruben. We were talking about if you encounter a demon-possessed person, I'm running. I'm, I'm with Ruben. I think Ruben texted me or called me Friday and said, man, Pastor, um, I said I was going to run and you're going to be behind me. Well, I encountered a demon-possessed child, and I couldn't run. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, seriously, that God had him deal with that thing on the spot. And I'm saying that to say uh, that Wednesday when I went home, my wife was saying, you're the pastor. How are you going to run? And you, <laughs> she, she was saying, yeah, how are you going to be leading the run? You know? But, but, but as, as, as the ministry goes forth and we start doing uh, what God called us to do, here's what I want to say. We're going to be more cognizant of the enemy's presence in our midst. Does that make sense? Because a lot of times we overlook things and we take it for granted that he's not there. And so what he's done, if you remember the Bartimaeus message, he's blinded our eyes to his presence in our midst. 
But the more we pray and the more we cry out to God, the more we'll be able to see him and the more we'll be able to engage him to deal with him. Come on, is this making sense? So this is why I'm saying uh, today's message, I really don't know what to do with it um, since it might be more of a prophetic thing, uh, but just unveiling. And I just kind of want to press with that and deal with that a little bit. And um, calling names, Mike, I just want to thank you for being sensitive to God last week and just sharing um, what the Lord was saying. Yeah. So let me read this passage and then I'll just talk. And I don't know where this is going to go, but let me just talk. Verse 23 of uh, verse 21 of Mark chapter 9 reads like this. Jesus asked the boy's father, how long has he been like this? From childhood, he answered, verse 22 says, it has often thrown him into the fire or water to kill him. But if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. Verse 23, if you can, said Jesus, and then lock into this verse, everything is possible for him who believes. And verse 24, daddy says, immediately the boy's father exclaimed, I do believe, help me overcome my unbelief. And jump down to verse 28. After Jesus had gone indoors, his disciple asked him privately, why couldn't we drive it out? And verse 29 is paramount in that he says, this kind can come out only by prayer. Repeat after to me. Say, I must be engaged in prayer to have ministry impact. One more time again. Say, I must be engaged in prayer to have ministry impact. Now, now, just listen to me. I'm going to try to be succinct. I'm going to try to be brief. Um, I just want to share one thought with you as it relates to prayer. Um, you all know the story, for those of us that were last week, uh, this guy Jesus and his disciples had returned from the mountain from praying um, with Peter, James, and John, his inner circle. They had an experience and an encounter with God on that mountaintop. He comes down, he finds the nine other disciples dealing with a demon-possessed child, and they could not drive him out. And when Jesus showed up, they were engaged in an argument with the scribes and the Pharisees. And so Jesus bails them out by taking the boy and casting the demon out of him such that the text says when the demon left, the boy seemed dead. Jesus took him by his hand and raised him up. But then subsequent to that, his disciples pulled him aside in a private elders meeting. Um, and they go into the room, according to Mark, and they say, hey, Jesus, um, Earlier in chapter 6 and 7, you empowered us to be able to do these things. And we had been doing it, but how come we couldn't deal with this one? Why could we not drive it out? And then Jesus said, this kind comes out only but by prayer. And depending on the translation you have, some of your translation says, and fasting. And a lot of you have asked me, how come I haven't been saying anything about the unfasting thing? And I'll just say on the surface that that phrase unfasting is not in the original manuscript. It's probably something that the translator added as, as, as a traditions continued on. Because those of you that are Bible scholars will remember with me, when Jesus was on the face of the earth, remember this, he discouraged his disciples from fasting. Because he 
was still with them. Don't, don't lock into that. So that probably wasn't in the text. It was an addition as tradition went on. So I'm saying that to say Jesus said this kind comes out only by prayer. And I want to talk a little bit about the necessity of prayer for impact and the importance of prayer. I just want to share some background information to kind of let you know how important prayer is. Can, can we do that this morning? Okay. Um, so, so say this kind. Say it again. Say this kind. Say it again. Say this kind. That, that word, like we talked about last week, is the word yenos. It's the Greek word, and it kind of speaks, it's a generational term, speaking about a class of things, speaking about a specific kind or a specific type in context to what we've been looking at in the passage, the particular type of demon or kind of demon or class of demon that the disciple encountered. But it's a generational term, and, and what we did last week was that I showed you when Jesus asked the boy, the boy's daddy, how long has he been like this? Here's daddy's response from birth, okay? And so meaning that what was going on in the life of the child was probably something that he inherited generationally and was continuing on in his life and in his life and going on and on and on and on. And I'm saying that to say that, that as a people, as a church, as a nation, we are encountering a different level of demonic impact that we've never seen before. Come on, y'all. Let, let, let me go here. Yesteryear, passing some of the laws that are being passed today was unheard of. Are you with me? Yesteryear, some... Of, 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 of the things that are shown blatantly and openly on television was unheard of. Can we be honest, guys? Yesteryear, some of the things and some of the language, just, just, just what we see in society on a whole was unheard of. And so what is happening is as technology advances and as the world continues, Satan is ramping up his game because what he knows and what he understands is he can't attack you today the way he used to attack our forefathers yesterday, yesteryear. Oh, come on, come on. So he, he has ramped up his level of attack. He has ramped up the way he approaches, the way he does things. So I'm saying all that to say this kind moving forward it's going to demand a whole lot of prayer. Come on, can we talk this morning, guys? And, and I'm not talking, here's what I said last week, not the spot, hit, and miss prayer. I'm talking about a consistent living in the presence of God type of prayer. Come on, is this making sense? I want, I want you all to track with me to kind of get a feel of what's going on in the text because here is, is a basic principle that I want us to lock into before we go into prayer because here's how Jesus said it. This kind comes only but by prayer. So my question for Jesus is, is, is what do you mean and why did you feel the need to say this kind only comes by prayer when before it seems like we had certain authority to do certain things? Let me kind of hit this. I said a little bit about it Wednesday and I'm going to move on today. Go with me to Mark again. Let me show you something in Mark, Mark chapter 17. I just need to lay this and then I'm going to share what I want to share with you this morning. 
Mark chapter um, 9 and um, 14, I want to show you something really, really quick. And I want us to kind of wrestle with this and talk through it. And then um, I'm just going to share from my heart. Say amen if you're there. Look at verse 14. When they came to the other disciples, they saw a large crowd around them and the teachers of the law arguing with them. As soon as all the people saw Jesus, they were overwhelmed and one with wonder and ran to greet him. What are you arguing with them about, he asked. Look at verse 17. A man in the crowd answered, teacher, I brought my son. I brought who? I brought, come on, say you. Come on, say it again, you. I brought you, my son, who is possessed by a spirit that has robbed him of his speech. Whenever it sees him, it throws him on the ground. He foams at the mouth, gnashes his teeth, and becomes rigid. Now look at the next phrase. I ask who? Your disciples to do what? Drive out the spirit, but they what? Okay, back up to verse 17. I brought you, my son, but I ask your who? Disciples to drive it out. Now, we dealt with this Wednesday, so those of you that were not here, were here. Give me a minute just to kind of say this. I brought who, my son? So lock into this very, very important because this lays some foundational principles that I don't want us to miss. Jesus was not even present. But the daddy said, I brought my son to you. Very, very important. Are you with me? I didn't bring him to the disciples. I brought him to you. Okay? But now, Jesus, I understand this is the whole thing with the belief. I believe, but help me my unbelief because I know what you can do. And I know, this is the unsafe person saying this, I know that when you empower a person to do something in your name, they ought to be able to function on your behalf. So my belief is, I know you don't need to, I wish I had somebody here. I know you don't need to be there for it to work, so I believe that. My problem is the unbelief, why can't your people do what you empowered them That's my unbelief because I brought him to you and you said they ought to be able so I asked them to function in your name and they couldn't even function in your name as your ambassador, as your representative, as your God-given people. Why couldn't they do it? And the text says they were unable to do it. Now, let me say this quickly. When people come to meet God, I like the way Darren said it, they're not coming to meet you. They're coming to meet God. They're not coming to meet me. They're coming to meet God. Very, very important. Move out the way. (laughs) Move out the way. All right? This is the importance of prayer. Because when you don't pray, you're telling God, I've got this. So here's what Jesus said in summary. Jesus said it this way. Hey, fellas, some of these things at this level of demonic influence and our oppression, our possession, you can't do this because they didn't come to you in the first place. You've got to move out the way and let me work through you. We heard words like conduit, conduit on Wednesday. You kind of get what I'm saying? So the problem is you were blocking me from working. Problem with me, the problem with the church today is we block God from working. So this kind comes only by prayer. Come on, say this kind comes only by prayer. Say it again. Say this kind comes only by prayer. 
Now, now here's the thing. Let me talk about uh, just real quick. Somebody's saying, what is prayer? What is prayer, right? Uh, if you notice Jesus' life, let's study Jesus for a moment. Whenever Jesus did what he did in the earth realm, he never did it without first speaking to his father. It didn't matter how prayed up he was. He still paused to say, Lord, what do you want done? Um, look at the raising of Lazarus. Look at the healing of the woman of Nain. Just follow Jesus' life in every miracle and every instance. Before he performed, he always invoked God. And, and, and the thing about this, this is going to sound weird, but I want you all to catch what I'm saying. And invoking God was not for the performance. It was just to invoke God. Y'all miss that? Because a lot of us are still praying for. If I'm praying for and then I decide to do, I'm still in God's way. Invoking God, you move out the way, whether God does it or not, that's his. Are you guys tracking with me? So he always prayed whenever he prayed to invoke God. Now, here's what you need to know about prayer, and then I'm going to stop, because this is what's going to really tick the enemy off. Come on, say, repeat after me. Say transcendence, and then say eminence. Let me say it again. Say transcendence, and then say eminence. Now, I, I, I'm, I'm having you repeat that because I want you to go home and do your own theological research. I want you to dig into this stuff, and I want you to be familiar with the terms. Say it again. Say transcendence, and then say eminence. Let me begin here. Transcendence says that God is so big and so far away that we can't reach him. Are you with me? Um, he exists outside the realm of the earth and he fills the heavens. The heavens. The eminence of God says, even though he's so far away, he is still makes himself presence and he shows up near to us, watch this, because we are incapable of accessing him in his transcendence. Y'all all right? Let me, I need to share this because this is what's going to take the devil off. God is so big and God is so far that we don't have capacity to reach him because of his distance and his transcendence. So what he does because of our inabilities and our incapacity to reach him, he comes down and he dwells amongst us. Does that make sense? Because we can't reach him. So here's what it looks like in Genesis chapter 1 and 2 and the first part of 3. You'd see stuff like in the cool of the day, God would come down and have fellowship with Adam and Eve. Y'all don't miss this. When Adam and Eve prayed, I'm using that word intentionally, God was sitting in front of them listening. Oh. Y'all, excuse me, y'all. Y'all missed that. Imagine you having a prayer meeting and God is sitting right next to you. Hey, D, come on, man. You had a good day today? Yeah, God, them fig leaves, man. Thanks for those pomegranates, God. Man, could you make that catfish a little bigger, God? 
going to hook you up, Adam, because I know you need some stuff, you know. Hey, D, I got to go, man. I got to go back to my transcendence. But I'll see you tomorrow, okay? And he goes back to heaven. And the next day he come back down. Hey, Adam. Hey, G. I ain't seen you since yesterday, man. Remember that catfish you promised me, God? I went fishing, man. I caught one. Really? Did you fry them or did you grill them? I blackened them, God. You know, I, I, kind of, I wanted to work that out, man. Hey, man, I'm kind of lonely. You think you can hook a brother up with a sister? You know, you know y'all just missed that part, right? That's, that's God. That's, that's this God. So, so here's the thing. And so God goes away. And so God goes away. And then he goes back to heaven. And then it's Adam. And then here's the thing. And then here's Satan watching all of this. And so one day when God went back home and left Adam, this is after the woman have come on the scene, he shows up trying to have, watch my words, fellowship with man. Did God really say, come on, y'all know this. Are you with me? And in between prayer time, oh, Jesus. In between prayer time, he would show up and converse with man, and it was in between prayer that he got man to sin. And watch what happened. And he severed the relationship between God, listen to me carefully, and God stopped coming down. Adam, where are you? Came down. Hey, God, I heard your voice in the wilderness, and I was naked, so I went and hid. Hey, Adam, in all the times we've been praying, we ain't never talked about naked. Where you get that word from? I was watching HBO, God. And some new vernaculars were introduced that you and I hadn't talked. I wish I had somebody in here. I was watching Desperate Housewife, God, and I saw some things that you hadn't told me about. Adam, where'd you get that from, God? I, I hadn't told you. Well, well God, you know, it, it's, it's my wife, man. She comes home from work, and she just turns the TV on, and I'm just walking by, and I just see it. Had you not given her to me, y'all, uh, uh, come on, come on, come on, y'all, you're missing this. Had you not done that, God, I wouldn't have found myself in that predicament and relationship of fellowship would not have been broken. Well, Adam... I can't dwell in the presence of sin, so because of what you've done, here's what's going to happen. By the sweat of your brow, you're going to eat bread. Remember that catfish? You're going to have to buy you a line now. <laughs> you're going to have to get a boat. You're going to have to work now to get that because it's not going to come that easy. And, and that woman, those children, it's going to hurt. And matter of fact, your desire, woman, is going to be for your husband. And y'all know the story. Come on. Because of what happened in between prayer. And listen to me. And so then God now sets up this cultic, ritualistic system of worship. And he says, nobody can access me like that no more because you don't act right in between prayer. 
And so he goes away and he sets up a representative. Y'all know about the priest. Come on, y'all. And the priest's role, because if you study Old Testament context, everybody couldn't access God. So you don't see people praying as much early in the Old Testament, but you see them going to the temple. You see them bringing sacrifices. You see them bringing bulls and rams, and they say to the priest, hey, why don't you take that to God because I don't have access to him like that. So the priest became the representative, and the priest would be the bridge to bridge the gap between the transcendence of God to make him eminent. And what's deep about that, even though the priest went to the people on behalf of God, he really wasn't doing nothing. It was just words because he couldn't intercede on behalf of the people. Old Testament, right? Everybody okay with me? So that's the Ark of the Covenant. That's all of that stuff in the Old Testament, it was a bridge between God and the people. So watch what would happen. Whenever they would have their temple worship, people would offer sacrifices and all that good stuff. And in between prayer again, the enemy would show up and cause the people to disobey God. And you'd find them serving the Baals. Come on, y'all. We just finished the Judges series, right? Um, they would act right as long as the priest is with them. When the priest went away, they disobeyed God, and God would have to send the Amorites and the Parasites and the Jebusites and all that stuff to whip them back into shape because of what they would do in between prayer time. You guys are tracking with me. That's the whole Old Testament. Jesus comes on the scene. Listen to the term I'm going to use. God incarnated. You guys heard the term I'm using. God incarnated. Let me tell you what happened. God could not find a person that would remain constantly in prayer. They would have in-between prayer times. So he made himself man, eminent, so he can pray to himself as God, transcendent, so there is no in-between Prayer time. So, so check this out, check this out, check this out. So, so the enemy heard now that finally somebody shows up who practices the presence of God. Finally somebody shows up that, that, that is God on the earth realm. So I'm going to wait to see if I can sneak in in between prayer time. So he's watching. Then all of a sudden Jesus turns 30 and his baptism takes place and heaven's open. And God said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Hear you him. Say, hey, oh, I got him now. So Jesus is led by the spirit into the wilderness. Watch the words. To be tempted by the enemy. What that means, to prove to the enemy that he can't get in because there is no in-between prayer time. So Jesus is praying, and since he won't stop, the enemy interrupted him in the midst of his prayer. Hey, stop! I need to get in. If you're the son of God, command that these stones be made bread. And Jesus always in prayer, it is written, I can't come out. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the water. He's constant prayer. Come on, talk to me, somebody. 
then they, he, oh gosh, I can't get him. I can't get him. I can't get him. I can't get him. Then he goes and when he comes back again, hey, hey, pause for a moment. Hey, listen, 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 listen. Text this, this, since you want to stay in prayer and quote scripture, I got some. I got some. It is written. It is written that once you just cast yourself off this temple because the scripture says God's going to give his angel charge over you lest you dash your head against it. Y'all know this. Come on, come on. And Jesus refused to get out of prayer to address him. So at the end of all that, he says, get your behind away from me, devil, for it is written. Don't try to interrupt my prayer time because then I remember what you did to Adam and Eve. You snuck in in the break. You're not going to break fellowship with me and God. God incarnated. Are you tracking with me? So now he calls 12 disciples, and he is now teaching them how to remain constantly in prayer and don't have an in-between time. So here's the disciples in Matthew chapter 6. Hey, Jesus, teach us to pray like you pray, because you don't seem to take a break, man. Come on, gee, there's a good movie coming on the Pacquiao fight song. Take a break. Something. You know, pause, Jesus. And he's like, no, man. So he's always taking a break. So, okay, here's how you pray. So you got to Matthew 6. When you pray, do it like this, okay? Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come. Don't miss this phrase. Your will be done on earth. That's so on and so forth, so on and so forth. Cool, we got it. Oh, we going to try that. So I'm going to give you something. Try this out. I'm going to give you authority now that when you pray and you stay in the presence, you'll be able to cast demons out and do all this kind of stuff. Cool. As long as they stayed in the presence, it worked. They messed around and allowed an in-between time. Then daddy brings his boy to him. And then they couldn't get the demon out. Jesus, what happened? Y'all took a break. <laughs> this gets deeper. They repented. They got it right. And they started flowing in the spirit. I'm almost done. So now, Jesus now has fulfilled his purpose. He dies on Calvary, and he's about to go away. And they say, hey, Jesus, if you go away, what's going to be there to keep us constantly in your presence so we don't have in-between prayer times such that the enemy shows up to tempt us when God goes away? Hey, don't worry about it. Here's what we're going to do. I'm going to go to Daddy. And I'm going to ask Daddy to send a comforter. And here's how this is going to work. The comforter is going to be with you. But it's not going to be like the Old Testament where you had to go to church to meet him. He's going to be with you. But then here's what Daddy's going to do. He's going to make you all look just like me. Because he's going to be in you. This is deep. Okay. And the reason he's going to be in you. Is so you can do like me and stay in the presence all the time. So watch this. I'm a son, and as a son, I have direct access to daddy the whole time. He's going to make you like me in that you are going to become sons and daughters. So you now have access because God lives in you. I'm almost done. So listen to this carefully. When you accept Christ in your life as personal Lord and Savior... God, in all his fullness, all his power, all his everything comes, and he dwells in you. So, a transcendent God comes down, 
eminently and lives inside of us. So God is not far away anymore, even though he is. But he lives here. So at salvation, Eden is restored. Did y'all get that? Here's what happened when you get saved. God doesn't come down, hey, D, what's up? Here's how he says it. I will never leave you nor forsake you. I will never. And here's why. Because I don't want you, D, to have an in-between time because the last time I made the mistake, not saying that God made mistakes, but the last time I didn't go in you and I just dwelt on and I went away, that joker was watching me, and the moment I turned my back, he stepped in. Let him try it this time. I'm not turning my back. I wish I had somebody up in here. I'm not turning my back anymore because I don't want you to have in-between time. Now, here's the problem. The body of Christ doesn't know that. We really don't know who's in us. So here's what we do. We get up in the morning. Lord, bless my day. And we stop talking to the very person who lives within us. And here's what the enemy says. Oh, they don't even know who's in them. So guess what? I really can't get in them, so I'm going to create a different kind of this kind. (laughs) Yeah, and so I'm going to get them to let me in because when they stop talking to the one that's in them, I'm going to present them with a whole lot of options, baby. And we find ourselves being ineffective because we take a break. Does this make sense, guys? And here's what happens. It severs relationships. The beauty of 1 John 1 and 9, God says, hey, I'll never leave you, I'll never forsake you. So if you confess your sins, I'm faithful and just to forgive and cleanse from all unrighteousness. So just repent. I'm right there. We can restore it and we'll be fine. But let me stay there. So here's how Paul says it. Don't be drunken with wine as in debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. Singing to each other in psalms and spiritual hymns. Quit allowing room. Don't give the enemy, the text says, a footstool or a foothold. Because the moment he, he can access you, the moment you let go of God, he is right there. So this is what's going to tick him off now. He knows there's a group of believers that knows what he's trying to do. So here's how Jesus puts it. Being tempted is not sin, but yielding to temptation is sin. Fellas, he's going to still try. Come on, y'all. Because women still look good. And they're going to walk by. You're going to want to do one of these numbers. You just catch yourself. Stay straight, head. You'll be all right. <laughs> just, <laughs> that's all you got to do. Just, come on, y'all. Just, heck, let your wife help you. What you looking at, boy? Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, and, and you know, you're kind of helping us. Catch yourself, catch yourself. Catch. And, and so the world is going to be knocking all day long. Catch yourself. 
and don't break fellowship because the moment you break fellowship, God might present an opportunity for ministry and somebody's going to come bringing their son metaphorically to you, bringing a situation to you, and you're going to be ineffective because you got disconnected. Are you with me? And then here's the thing. A lot of us can't deal with our own problems because we've been disconnected for so long. And we're so jacked up. This is going to sound so crazy. We now fool ourselves into thinking we got to come to church to meet God. That's how far off we are. You come here to worship as a corporate body. He's with you. He resides within you. Okay, with me? Here's what Mike said to me last week. Mike said, Pastor, because of where you're going, the Lord laid on my heart that the enemy is going to attack this church like crazy. I agree. I told Mike I agree. He's going to attack you because you know how to fight. And we haven't even gotten to the fight stuff yet. Because i got to show you how to fight now that I'm saying this kind of stuff. So you're going to start seeing more demon possessions. You're going to start seeing more presence. Oh, come on, are you with me? You're going to start recognizing him more and more and more and more and more. And then you need to know now how to defend him because this kind comes by staying in the presence. Because he's slicker, better, faster, all that good stuff. And until we know how to recognize him. You kind of get what I'm saying? So here's what I want you all to understand. The necessity of prayer for impact is that you have God on the inside. Learn how to keep the fellowship with him. And don't let nobody, this is grammar terms, cause you to lay your religion down. Quit giving people peace of your mind. Are you with me? Because that's the enemy trying to get you to break your time of prayer. Hey, stop, stop. You've been doing it too long. Let me get in. And we let him in. Does this make sense, guys? So, so here, here's the thing I really want you to process with me is, is, is I'm not saying being a crazy freak, being all this kind of stuff, but just be sold out to God where you're cognizant of whose you are and who is in you. So you protect the temple. Does this make sense, guys? Very, very important, very, very important. So here's what Jesus said to his disciples. This kind comes only by prayer. And here's the thing, the beauty of what we have in the New Testament church, a transcendent God who is present in the earth realm eminently has brought himself to live in me so he can keep me. So listen to this. I sin not because I have to. I do it because I opted to and I wanted to. And the only reason I wanted to is because I broke fellowship. I stopped engaging the God who resides within, within me, and I messed it up. Does this make sense, guys? Come on, worship team. So, so here's the, the challenge this week, and we're going to pray. I, wanna, I, I really want to take a moment to pray um, because this has been me all week as I've been seeking God. Prayer is me now submitting my desires and my will to God for his guidance and direction. So my daily thought, my daily conversation, my daily process ought to be, God, what do you want me to do? Where do you want me to go? What do you want me to say? How do you want me to do it? And before I speak, I wait on him to speak to me. Very, very important. Very simple process, guys. Okay? 
And by virtue of the fact that you and I still get convicted of sins, it's a reminder of the fact that God is on the inside. Oh, come on. That's good news. So be careful what we allow to interrupt our worship. Play that song softly for me, John. Play that, that um, we as a people. Be careful what we allow to interrupt our worship. Because the enemy is going to come after you in all kinds of crazy ways. Let me tell you how subtle, subtle demon possession is. Assume for a moment you have a sexual addiction. I'm not demon possessed. I just got a sexual addiction. Well, duh. What do you think that is? It's a demon working in you. I just have this problem and I just have that, but I can't shake it. Well, duh. What do you think that is? It's an interruption that snuck in because you stopped worship. Does this make sense, guys? So when we have those things that we can't seem to break loose, well, duh, I just can't put the bottle down. Well, it's a demon that's released after you to attack you in an area that's interrupting your worship life, and it had access. I can't shake it. Well, this kind comes only by prayer. you got to get back to a constant place of worship where God is hanging out with you. Hey, D, what's up? What's up, G? And it's just you and him. And I guarantee you, the longer you stay in prayer, the less likelihood of us falling prey to the things that has us bound. We got to get back there. We got to get back there. Second Chronicles says it this way, if my people who are called by my name humble themselves, seek my face and pray, turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven, forgive their sins, and heal their land. I want to challenge us just to take a moment to Go there with God just for a moment, just for a moment. To return back. Thanks for listening to this week's message. We hope that you can find a way to impact the community around you through this church or a local church around you. We also encourage you to find a church to get connected to, whether that's here at RCF or somewhere close to you. If you want to find out more about RCF, visit rcfministries.org or watch us live on Sundays at 9.30 a.m. on the RCF Network. Thanks for listening.